Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with George Hickman, CIO at Albany Medical Center. In this segment, Hickman talks about why smart CIOs are invested in the success of their vendor partners, how New York's HIE is addressing the interoperability roadblocks, and why testing to meaningful use often requires a heroic effort. And now, as far as... Um you know, being a, a, a reference site or, you know, hosting those, those site visits, how is that something that you feel helps you, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, there, there are different ways to look at the feeling of playing that, that role. Uh, we were asked to play the role for a good time before we said yes. A couple of examples, actually. One example would be that when we did our development for evidence-based medicine, meaning medication order sets for pediatrics. And pediatrics in our case, which includes, uh, you know, kids who are PICU kids or babies that are neonates. Um, and, in, and in, you know, some cases very, let's just say more than unusually, but hypersensitive to drug dosing and those sorts of concerns. Uh, there, there was a tremendous amount of effort and care given to the build of, of those, those order sets. Mm-hmm. We then built that out um, well using the Sorian suite and, of course, have maintained it along that line. We found, um, because the word sort of got out, that other Sorian customers were talking to us about that and even asking if they could have that content, acquire that content from us to help them with their own builds. And so we've played that sort of giving back role, uh, which is the other point to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, the other example would be the Soaring Financials implementation. We, we had what um, Cerner, now Siemens, called, and I still refer, I think still refer to as the cleanest uh, Soaring Financials go live uh, in their history Cleanest meaning uh, no lift to accounts receivable mm-hmm. uh, by the efforts of uh, all the parties involved, and uh, and it was just a very fine job, especially done by uh, our patient financial services folks and and others on my IT team, uh, alongside the folks from uh, Cerner. So um, that has caused many other folks who, who have been going down that path or have chosen to go down that path at some point or trying to choose to go down the path, decide which path to go on, to reach to us for uh, counsel about how we were able to do that and, right. and not have any, you know, any consequence, ill consequence in the go-live process. Now, that's just one metric because a lot of what you do with Soaring Financials has to do with complete changing of your workflows as to uh, patient access and all the way through the revenue cycle to billing and collection. But because the metrics were so clean, that gets a lot of attention, and therefore people really want to know how we did it. And that story's been told several times now. Right. So, again, it really does eventually become about, about giving back. Yeah. The time and energy for that um, <laughs> is, is in, it's an investment, obviously. Yeah, long-term investment, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You want, in the end, you want your vendor partners to be successful. 
Yeah. And sometimes you drag each other through things, kicking and screaming. But in the end, it's about all parties being successful. Uh, because right. if they're not successful in the longer haul, we're not going to be. Right. Right, absolutely. So I uh, I wanted to touch now a little bit on um, HIEs and um, kind of what, what the picture looks like in your area and, uh, you know, some of the the successes and uh, challenges uh, you've had. And now uh, Albany is part of uh, SHINee. Well, yes, I think it would be safe to say every provider that's participating in some form of HIE in the state of New York they're, they're, therefore has become a part of uh, the statewide health information network of New York, in other words, the SHINee, yes. Right. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the big uh, challenges with HIEs are uh, sustainability, but then also, you know, being able to exchange this data back and forth and um, – it seems like Shiny's one that that's been around. That's kind of uh, you know has st- stood the test. So, um, would you say that's true? And if so, what do you think has been uh, the key to that? Wow, that's a big question. The key to the success of the Shiny. I mean, I could certainly talk about vision and leadership and those sorts of things. Um, giving some credit and um, uh, accolade to David Whitlinger, uh, who I think when when Dave came to town, he really. Uh, invested himself in a different sort of way in making making the uh, e, New York eHealth Collaborative uh, a functional organization. I also would have to credit, though, uh, more the work in the communities uh, mm-hmm. because that is where, indeed, uh, the HIEs, uh, the RIOs in the state of New York, uh, have been stood up, and they are the you know the base infrastructure to the statewide network, because with, without the, you know, without the hubs that are sitting in the regions to connect to, to one another, there really isn't a statewide network. Um, right. In the case of, of the capital region, Hixney, the Healthcare Information Exchange of New York, uh, serves uh, the North Country, as we refer to it, up in the Adirondacks and along the border, uh, all the way down uh, to south of us, Columbia County, and that area, and over through the, the uh, what we might refer to as the leather stocking region where, where Bassett uh, is ensconced. Well, see, I, I started as a board member at the time of its inception and served on the Hickney board up until last summer when I was invited to serve on the Med Allies board to the south of us um, and felt that... Um, uh, for the assurance of no conflict uh, perceptions that if I chose to serve on the Met Allies board, I should step away from the Hixie board. And, uh, and and my role there was ably filled by one of my one of my team members here, Bill Luax. Of, of the HIEs uh, in the state of New York, and by that I would mean looking at, you know, transaction volume numbers of people doing patient lookups as providers or uh, the number of health records that um, – are residing in the Hixney infrastructure uh, as compared to its population as a percentage and so on. So that HIE activity has been going very well. The question for all the HIEs is, you know, always that sustainability question. What other things can an HIE do to make itself valuable? And then there's also, the, 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 the I think, the open question is, is there going to be a time when uh, they're going to be public infrastructure 
New York has provided that opportunity, and some of the HIEs have taken advantage of it. But otherwise, um, NICE, the New York Health Collaborative, has laid out the standards, um, and um, and they are appropriately complex um, uh, in both uh, technically what they have to do, but also in the security elements. But they have laid out the standards that describe how qualified entities, in other words, HIEs, can and will be interconnected for the sake of being able to do an exchange of data across the whole state and not just um, uh, across an HIE or two. And so that's all good, and, uh, and so we're seeing the march continue. Our organization, Kate, was an ONC pilot participant as to the direct standard. We started working on the direct standard in 2009 uh, when John Blair at Met Allies called me up and said, this is something I'm really interested in. I know you're interested in interoperable exchange as well. What do you think? We said, well, if we can get the, agree to get the right people involved, then yeah, we, maybe we could show people that uh, direct can really work. ONC stood up a number of pilots across the country. I want to say the number might be eight or 10. Uh, this is another one of those faded meetings. Uh, there was a day in 2009 when I had John Blair, the CEO of Met Allies, John Glasser, and Glenn Tolman all in my office. Glenn Tolman, oh, wow. the former CEO of, uh, of All Scripts, and we pacted that we were going to make this darn thing work so that we could show that there really could be an exchange of EHR data securely through a routing service over the Internet with EHRs uh, that are not owned by a single company. There were a number of other vendors that, that participated. Epic uh, played a role as well, uh, and, and others that were ambulatory providers, just so we could do the demonstration. And here we are, you know, several years later. We're still, we're still seeing some vendors challenged to meet the direct standard. Others have been able to make it work functionally. It's my hope that within a year, uh, the vendor industry will have caught up and all of the HRs will be able to do a full direct exchange for the sake of of supporting, you know, the whole referral management cycle and, and especially the closed loop as it relates to, to patient care uh, by and between a primary care physician and whatever care they're having in a hospital or ED or, or subspecialist setting. Right. Bet you didn't know that was going on up here in Albany, New York, huh? I did not. <laughs> no. It's always it's always interesting what you find out, and uh, you know I know that your name, somebody who's been involved with, with the HIEs for a while, but this is that is really interesting, and uh, I think that you know that that deals with one of the the biggest challenges that people are dealing with, not just within formal HIEs, but everywhere with that that interoperability piece. Mhm. Okay. So now. Um, in terms of uh, meaningful use, uh, how are you positioned? Well, I mean, we've, we've fared well, not without a lot of effort. We attested for Stage 2 for the hospital last fall, and, uh, and we continued to see well, you know, in our metrics as to our performance to the, to the required thresholds. Um, it wasn't without some heroic effort along the way, um, including, you know, a lot of intense energy buying between us and our vendor community. Um, 
to assure that certain functions were delivered in a time frame that we that we could still get to, you know, the starting line as of October. Um, and by starting line, I mean to to be able to say, yeah, this is our our, our period of, of counting. Right. Um, and the same has been true on the on the practice side. The practice is is a little more relaxed because you attest a doctor at a time, and all of the attestations don't have to be in sync. <laughs> you right. can do it over time. So we fared there well there as as well. Uh, you know, our vendors have had problems with their reporting tools, uh, and or sometimes a functional element. That, that we saw as necessary to a workflow to support getting to a metric. But in the end, um, you know, the, the, the team on the whole, the collective team has stuck with it. We've been able to, to get to where we wanted to with MU2 for the hospitals and for, for MU1, then MU2 along the way as we're moving forward still with the practice. Um, we, like others, struggled with the portal item. We decided to, to build our own portal capability with a vendor versus acquiring portal capability from an HIE. Uh, so we contracted um, with Follow My Health, Jardogs, which, uh, as you as you know, uh, Jardogs then came into the Allscripts family. Uh, right. you, know, you might know the history with Jim Hewitt and his role once upon a time at Allscripts. He spins out, becomes a CIO, develops a portal, builds a company around it, sells it back to Allscripts, and then he goes there, sells it to Allscripts, and then he goes back to be their CTO again. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, so and, and Jim is staying close to things here too, which is good. But we had to make the investment to valet uh, the portal to our patients on the hospital side. The practice is not as difficult. If you think about it, there are certain kinds of patients who go to uh, our specialists who want to look in a portal and see what the results are right. uh, and see them quickly. You could have an endocrinology, uh, endocrinology patient who's diabetic who wants, after the visit, want to see how they're doing with all the numbers uh, versus uh, on the hospital side, you know, I think, I think uh, people who have, are, you know, getting toward the end of a hospitalization or even coming in at the beginning of a hospitalization are not necessarily thinking at the time about going home, logging in on a portal, look up everything that happened that's been posted in the record. Right. And so uh, we've done things like at time of, uh, you know, it's as to the last day of stay, uh, actually having uh, some workforce members that, that round and go to the patient room as they're prepping the patient to leave and actually help them with their first log on and walk them through the portal and uh, create an experience for them so that they'll uh, hopefully want to come back and do it again in terms of uh, accessing the portal for data. So that, that was tricky, but we wanted our own branding. We wanted our own workflows with that. We wanted to associate the portal with our own landing page and other content given our academic mission, so that's the way we did it, and, um, and we've gotten there. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.